0: So, Zeke, do you know where all the people who either own a store, own a distillery, or have a bourbon group, do you know where most people go to get their laser edge glasses? Ooh, tough questions.
1: Huh? Well, Bob, how about I'll take distillery products for 300 Johnny
0: that is correct distillery products and distilleryproducts.com is your number one source for wholesale laser etched glassware and if you are a bourbon group of store or a distillery and you are getting a whole bunch of glasses reach out to me i would love to get you in touch with carson and Janie and vicky and all the good folks over at distilleryproducts.com zeke do you know that there is a glen shortage right now well,
1: glens are kind of short is that what you mean
0: i know you've said that joke before but people are looking for alternative Glasses to the Glen, and there's the perfect dram. There is the Kenzie glass. There is the side taster. There's tons of awesome glasses out there. Some people are using the neat, the Tua. Whatever it is, they have it at DistilleryProducts.com. Check it out for yourself. Reach out to me. I'd love to get you in touch with them.
1: You gave me one of the epic fail moves right there. I, I always hate that one.
0: I know, but you have said that joke
1: before. I don't doubt it. But you know it's like when you're on a date and somebody's like, Yeah, you told me that. Like, oh man
0: like (laughs) that's also like hey edwards you're fat yeah okay you've used that one before
1: hey i'm more creative than that
0: (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of creative i am so pumped for this next sponsor we are adding them to the show they're going to be spending some time with us for a while And I hope they spend some time with us for a long while because I'm very excited about them and they're local and they put out some really, really cool stuff. You want to make this the coolest summer ever with Orca coolers. They have something for everyone from American-made lifetime guaranteed hard-sided coolers to stainless steel whiskey barrels for an elevated drinking experience. That's right, Zeke. Have you ever wanted to drink whiskey from a tumbler shaped like a whiskey barrel?
1: as as it fits my hand i think i could be pretty cool with it oh and no splinters no splinters
0: no splinters it's not made out of wood it's made out of metal but it actually looks like a whiskey barrel and the orca barrel will keep your drink cool and fresh for up to 24 hours just like any other tumbler and they are a necessity this summer for backyard get-togethers lake days everything in between with roto molded construction and integrated insulation your orca cooler will retain ice for days on end thing i love about these coolers they're also bear proof so i don't know how i'm gonna get into it but they are bear proof go to orcacoolers.com and use the code dads 20 that's dads 20 for 20 percent off your order orca for all of life's adventures and for all of the adventures we are going to have this summer with our whiskey barrel tumblers i'm very much looking forward to this zeke
1: i'm going to assume they must come in multiple colors too because i i know how you are with well, the coolers at least Because i know how you are about uh, diversifying and, and, and having your collection of coolers a little different you know each color like Codes you what's in there. So when you go on your camping trips, you know where to go for what.
0: I actually think that Orca has the most options and the most colors. And they have a whole bunch of stuff with NFL, MLB, college and they can also customize your coolers and your drinkware and all that for you. Really cool people and they're local. We love supporting Tennessee brands, people from Nashville. So check out orcacoolers.com. Use code DADS20.
1: I can't wait to see how you uh bedazzle these things. <laughs>
0: Everyone, my name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the dad's drink of bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Hello, my friend Zeke.
1: Yeah, hey, what you no good big cat.
0: There's so much going on. I don't know. I mean, it's tough. I feel bad. We haven't got a podcast out until Friday this week. We're going to do a makeup one for Monday. It's just been one of those things where we have not had time. I felt like I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off this week. I
1: mean, based on your 40 time, I I don't know about running around with a chicken with your head cut off because those things move pretty quick.
0: You wish you had my 40 time. (laughs) They don't call me big cat for nothing.
1: It's like got to do with a 40. Unless you're drinking one.
0: I'm just saying. Is that the 40th time you mean? I'm agile. <laughs> I'm agile like a cat.
1: Uh, although speaking of uh, sports, I guess to a degree, apparently T-ball is no longer T-ball. Did you know this shit?
0: No, what you got here?
1: Well, you know the boy, he's, he's playing. And I, I at least, I mean, he's probably not called T-ball anymore, but in my head, I still caught that since that's what we all, we would have all played when we were kids. And I guess there is a T involved, but literally they, they pitched to the kids. Really? Yeah, I mean Charleston's five.
0: I know. Do they like underhand pitch it, or do they?
1: No, like it, it. It seems so awkward. So it's overhand. I mean, it's funny. Like I, I've, you know, tried to you know practice with them on the weekends and whatnot here and there, and it's not a natural reflex to be our size versus a five-year-old size, and then try to gently pitch a ball overhand to them, I mean, it does not flow. It, it, like your whole body just kind of herky and jerky the whole time because it's not a fluid movement. Like watching them, some of the pitchers I've seen, this makes even more sense to me and I do it. They'll take a knee and then overhand pitch. So the least are kind of you know, on the same eye level. But I mean, imagine you're like, a, a the team range is four to six years old. So, you know, these kids, they're like maybe waist high at best. And somebody, I mean, are six foot three or four? And you're trying to like softly overhand one to this little kid. And, I, and in my mind, I'm like, you got to feel like, you know, Randy Johnson or something on the mound, just trying to nicely lob it to him to hit one. I mean, it, I don't know. It doesn't, I mean, I guess maybe for hand-eye coordination or something, but it doesn't make sense to me at all.
0: I kind of feel like that's dangerous getting on a knee because one of these kids is going to catch a nice line drive i mean i know they're four or five six but somebody is going to get a line drive and get one of those pitchers right in the face.
1: Well, no, no, it's the adults pitching, not the kids. Sorry.
0: No, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be one of the adults and they're not going to be able to move out of uh, the way well, quick I mean, enough. They,
1: they have a glove. I mean, in the worst case just fall left or fall right or something. That wouldn't worry because actually the last thing is that, I mean, and it's not a, a far back of a mound as we would have, we were playing as adults, but they pitch it from the mound. It's not necessarily a lob by any means.
0: I mean, I'm not saying we should baby children, but maybe like get them used to the swing before they have to start swinging and paying attention to the ball at the same time
1: well that's my thing because at the same time i I, have to wonder like in the back of your mind you know at least when like we were kids and the expectation was all right go up there hit the ball off the tee you accomplish the goal you go up there and swing three or four times and foul or just miss completely ah get the lame duck here the tee somebody can't hit a ball it's gotta be worse than the psyche. It can't be better.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I
1: don't know if a kid's really thinking that far along at the age of five, but go get the uh, the impairment thing over here. Somebody can't hit the ball. I mean, that's the way it looks almost. Like just I don't know, man. Shit going on with kids these days. I don't understand.
0: Or are they all getting a trophy? Oh, of course. Man, that's tough. That's a whole other, you know, two hour podcast right there on whether or not kids should all get trophies or not. <sighs> Let's drink on that note. <laughs> let's move on on that note i i think uh, everybody has an opinion on that i think zeke you and i kind of see eye to eye on that but for anyone
1: listening uh, blow up john's dms on this one not mine
0: <laughs> there is no sense in us uh both preaching to the choir that is ourselves but speaking of sports and speaking of trophies, I'm very excited, Zeke. Our friends over at Action27.com, Tennessee's only sports book by Tennesseans for Tennesseans. Use code Dads100 for a hundred dollars matched of your first deposit. NCAA football is back. It is the FCS. It is not the BCS. So instead of Division One and Division One AA, now you have BCS and then FCS. So I have a lock i will tell you right now but you have to bet i mean they are a heavy favorite saturday at 12 30 the james madison dukes take on elon i think you got to go with the dukes it is a lock they are always in the fcs championship that is a lock game of the week for me but you have to bet more they're minus 115 so you got to bet 115 bucks to win 100 They are always in the championship for the FCS. So, my lock of the week is James Madison Dukes. I have one for you Albany Great Danes versus the New Hampshire Wildcats. The spread is two. So, Albany is plus two, New Hampshire is minus two. They're tied at minus 110. Nobody's really getting the favorite here. You know, the point spread's there, but that's about it.
1: the money line's kind of irrelevant though i mean long as you win you feel good about yourself right
0: yeah so what do you have for this one pick one albany great danes or new hampshire wildcats it's the cats versus the dogs
1: oh it's great danes all the way i had them growing up
0: all right well there we that go was,
1: that was a no-brainer I, although i will throw out um was at a, a a tasting recently and so randomly one of the guys just like let's zeke Pick one of these three numbers. And I just like okay, say a number. He never comes back to me. Never says anything about it. And I'm like, what in the hell did he want that damn number for? Was he drawing straws or some shit? Literally, I don't know anything about it. Like two hours later, they're all of a sudden like, oh, hold on, fireball or whatever just hit. The razzles ran. Damn Zeke, you want me a thousand dollar bottle. Thanks for picking that number. I'm like, shit.
0: <laughs> you better give me a two ounce sample. I don't worry about
1: that. But yeah, I was just like, I wonder why the hell you wanted that number like two hours ago. He's like, yeah, man, appreciate it. You got me a thousand dollar bottle. I was like, okay.
0: Anyways, go to action247.com, Tennessee's only sports book by Tennesseans for Tennesseans. Use code DADS100 and get a hundred dollars match to your first deposit there's also other stuff going on there is hockey there's table tennis right now there's other sports besides fcs there's basketball as well NBA is going on check them out at action 247com zeke what we are getting into today barton back in december and we are just getting to this so apologize they unveiled their new thomas s moore brand of cask finished bourbon whiskeys In 1889, Thomas S. Moore built the distillery known today as Barton, 1792. Moore was an early pioneer in Bardstown leading up to Prohibition. Moore established a constantly evolving whiskey empire, growing his humble operation into a powerhouse distillery, filling hundreds of barrels of whiskey a day. Business boomed until the 18th Amendment forced the distillery to cease production in 1920. Today, this namesake line of bourbons intends to honor Thomas S. Moore, an innovative bourbon pioneer. So there is a straight bourbon whiskey finish in port casks, a straight bourbon whiskey finish in Chardonnay casks, and a straight bourbon whiskey finish in Cabernet Sauvignon casks. The port is 98.9 proof. The Chardonnay is 97.9 proof. And the cab Sav is 95.3 proof. I will also preface this episode with Zeke and I notoriously do not like wine finished whiskey. Is that a fair statement there?
1: Possibly an understatement.
0: It hasn't happened much that we have liked them. Listen to this review at your own risk because we're going to taste these. We're going to take a little break and taste these, but chances are it takes a lot for a wine finish. I mean, I like whiskey finished in a honey barrel. I like whiskey finish in a stout barrel. The Mizu finishes have been great. The French oak finishes have been great. Wine finishes for me tend to dry out whiskey a lot you have to really enjoy wine and Zeke and I aren't that classy I mean if you look at the two of us we ain't drinking wine too much
1: I did get some kind of bougie wine I don't know if you saw that the other day
0: you got bougie wine yeah I thought the closest thing you got to bougie wine was chartreuse
1: no something man prov pulled something in you were you missed a group chat that day but he pulled something in It was like some kind of 100 point wine he was selling them in three packs it was below retail I was like ah I need three bottles of bougie wine in case I ever want to drink nice wine for some unknown reason to me
0: so you don't want to give me one not for what i paid well what if i pay you a third of what you paid we can work on that so mr wine snob what would you get on these
1: (laughs) wine snob my ass well where are we starting here well let's at least keep some order and some direction here and make it where folks can at least follow what we're talking
0: about i say we go port chardonnay then cab salve
1: all right, let me put my numbers here, which are not rankings, but how we're going to go in order. For the port nose-wise, I said that I thought it was kind of jammy, maybe sour blackberries. I I, I nose as much as I could. It wasn't to the point of like compost yet, but it was definitely, you know, on the back end of, of ripe and jam and like i say kind of like a, a tart, sour, blackberry-ish kind of thing. Very faintly bourbon up under that. Palette-wise, it was uh, sweet and, and good at the very first, uh, but then the port really kicked in and I just said it went downhill from there for me. The finish to me just seemed really flat, almost kind of a, you know, absentee or, or, or missing an action or whatever. It just seemed to go away, which is never a good thing.
0: So it's very hard for me to give a lot of good notes on Finnish whiskeys as well. I mean, it's just really tough because for me, I feel like I get the notes from the barrel it finished in. Obviously, you should. And that's something that should be there. I mean, but it's hard for me not to say like, hey, fruit berry in some way, right? Like whether or not it's plum or grapes of the lighter ones. And yes, I know you're going to just say no shit, John. Like that's duh. I don't really get a nose besides fruit on the port like i really just get the port on the nose that's all that really stands out to me i'm not getting as much of the whiskey what i liked about the port was that it had a great balance in the taste of the port And the whiskey itself out of these three and not to tip my hand too much but this was the one to me that really had the best balance and had if i were to go for a finished whiskey this was more in my wheelhouse because it had a little bit of the fruit but i could still taste the whiskey the the finished barrel did not overpower This drink for me to the point that some of the others had. So I was down with the port, a lot of fruit along with typical whiskey flavor, typical Barton flavor. I mean, I don't want to sit here and sound self important and pull tasting notes out here where if you've had Barton in any way, shape, or form, you know what Barton tastes like. You're mixing some Barton with port, and I think it's a great balance. For me, that's what this port really showed.
1: I see where you're going with that, and I would agree, decent amount there. I just felt like what it started with, it didn't hold the whole way through. That's kind of what I meant with like, you know, the port kicked in and it went downhill. It just seemed to lose almost all flavor in every direction to me by mid-palate. And by the back, it was just kind of like, hold on. You know, be like if you were, uh, you know, talking to somebody, conversation, watching TV, whatever. At first you pick up flavors and then you kind of realize a minute later, like, hold on. I still got that thing swishing around my mouth and I'm not tasting shit. Like, what happened here?
0: (laughs) And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I get what you're saying. It's mid palate is when the port really kicks in and the finish, it's there. It's just not as pronounced as the big, bold flavor of the taste is in the very beginning. So when you first sip this, you go, oh, whoa, that's some port. And then once you get to the mid palate, it's like, oh, it's gone. Yeah. And it's like a magic trick. I mean, if this one was anything, it would be a magic trick. Cause you're like, wait, 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 how that happen? Let me have another sip. So, you know, if the goal is to get people to sip more than one sip, it's doing its job.
1: But at the same time, it's like looking for that leprechaun in the rainbow. I don't think you're going to find him.
0: It's one hell of a whiskey pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. Zeke, what did you think <laughs> of the Chardonnay?
1: Nose wise, I thought this was, uh, you know, maybe plum or peachy. Definitely more fruity than I thought the port was. But again, it, it also had an aspect to me that seemed post, um, you know, ripe or sweet spot for for whatever fruit I was picking up or fruits. Like I say, it was kind of hard to pinpoint. But either way, just that aspect of it was starting to get a little, um, you know, when you squeeze it, the the skin on the outside wrinkles up versus, uh, you know, being squishy or kind of composty time. Palette wise, and when I tasted these, I tasted cab first. So palette wise it's almost kind of somewhere like a, <laughs> I'm going to put down prickly, uh, raisiny, but it, it definitely kind of reminds me of a, a raisin note or undertone, maybe even a little past fermentation on the raisins or whatnot or something. But the, the prickliness and, and, you know, sometimes Barton can definitely be known for its heat, even when it's not the 125 proof you know, foolproof iteration, some of the lower proofs of Barton can definitely, uh, you know, still come off as a, as a hot, so to speak, and that prickly feel on your tongue. I definitely get it on this one. It just had a a weird bite, plus the that kind of old raisiny feel to it. I mean, I've only had Chardonnay probably randomly at like parties or social events and never paid attention to it again. I'm not sure what they were going for with this, but I, I, I don't think they got the desired effect, at least in my mind.
0: I agree with a lot of that. I think the biggest change for me in this is you're going into more of a dry effect from the finished chardonnay barrel i think that's where you kind of talk about like you're getting more oak and more dryness out of the chardonnay than i did from the port the port still was you had some moisture in there for me as well i just think as you move to the chardonnay you're kind of going down that line of what would be a drier wine anyway from the port That's where I start to kind of get into the area of wine finishes that is not my jam. I mean, if you do like a little bit of oak and you like a little bit of dryness and you you love Chardonnay, by all means, I mean, that is the caveat when we review this stuff that we would tell you that if you like Chardonnay, if you like wine, then this is probably your jam, Dr. Baker. I concur. What about the Cab Sav? Cab Sav nose wise again not the best
1: notes it's really what popped in my head and that's what i went with i thought it was astringent but also reminded me of like floral fabric softener
0: okay well you
1: know like you can smell them it's what makes your clothes smell good and soft and all that jazz and you know some are floral some are supposed to smell like your house or towels or something some are vanilla so you know There's all kinds of random stuff,
0: but I do unscented fabric softener so that we can
1: smell your natural aroma because God, that's what we all want.
0: No, I mean, it gets clean, but it's the free and clear. It doesn't have any dyes or anything like that. It doesn't have any smells.
1: I don't think you need dye for smells. I didn't know dye was a smell characteristic.
0: It's not, but I'm saying it's like free of everything including smells, artificial smells.
1: I don't want, that. I, I like a nice smell. Like when I put a towel on my face or when I lay in the bed or I put my head on the pillow or I throw on a shirt in the morning.
0: Okay. I didn't really have a choice in the matter. So
1: anyways, like this goes back to you liking the pop tarts without the covering on the top or whatever you call it.
0: No, like I said, I didn't really have a choice in the matter here. So let's move on.
1: Oh, you totally do. I've got my own fabric softener. I, I can get my
0: own. Oh, uh-huh. Well, anyways, what do you think about this Capsav?
1: <laughs> Nose-wise, there's a lot of astringency on this one to me, more so than the others. Again, there's this floral component to it that's kind of behind it, but it really does almost seem kind of synthetically driven or something. Palette wise I put down that the, the wine component of this kicked in much faster, I thought, um, especially compared to the port. Swishing it around and, and working on a profile out of this. It almost seems kind of encapsulated. And I've had that before in some other wine finishes. I, I can't cite what the the finished barrel was exactly or, or who made the product. But there definitely felt like there was just kind of the this layer of, of inertia or whatever you want to call it in between when I tasted whiskey and what I was picking up versus like feeling the liquid that I, you know, had moving around there. I, I don't know. It's just a, a weird encapsulation thing. It also makes it very hard to pick up taste because, you, again, you feel like you're almost working through a membrane or something. I put down by the finish, it, it was pretty rough and it, just won't leave uh, you know it, it's that one uh dinner guest that you have that uh it's 11 30 and you've already washed the dishes put everything away you've got on like you're halfway in pajamas and ready to watch Kimmel or something and they're still just talking uh <laughs> just let it end
0: yeah you know the thing to me about this one Zeke is that I really feel like this one showcased the wine the most out of the three you know if this was Goldilocks and the three bears the Chardonnay is in the middle. The port still had the most whiskey out of the three, but it had a good balance. The Chardonnay, you're starting to kind of veer towards the other end. And then I think the Cab Sav really, the, the wine to me drowns out the whiskey and it's very dry and I'm not getting enough of the whiskey on this to have this be something that I'm going towards. So that's my problem with that one. You know, So out of these three, I think I would give the port a try for me. I think it, it could be a pretty decent after dinner pour. The other ones, I mean, if you like Chardonnay and Cab Sav, I think they're fine. I mean, there's nothing about them that's making me think like, man, these are distilled poorly or finished poorly. I mean, I think it's a good product. I think we just don't like wine finishes and the the characteristics that we're pointing out are not characteristics that's like this is a bad whiskey it's like no these tasting notes are just not our jam
1: yeah i mean to the uh at least what i would assume minority is that, that likes this type of product i mean if you like this cab saff you, you can taste it for for days i mean you'll you'll love it if you're into that kind of stuff get a pour at the bar it might be uh you know you, your your next best friend or something uh <laughs> it's just not my cup of tea or lemonade or orange juice or high C punch
0: agreed thank you to Sazerac for sending this our way obviously getting a sample sent to us has no effect on the review that we eventually give great whiskeys distilled well i mean you know barton knows what they're doing finished well i just wish zeke and i actually liked finished whiskeys and then we would be your huckleberries find us on facebook at Dad Strinky bourbon twitter at bourbon dad's instagram at Dad bourbon find us wherever you download your podcast chances are you already have because you're listening to us right now zeke where else can the folks find us
1: good old nashville tennessee Cheers. Ciao.